Tron Jordheim. Thanks for tuning in to the Troncast with Tron Jordheim. And uh, we're going to talk more today about whatever's on my mind. So stay tuned. Thanks for being here. And uh, check it out. Welcome to a series I'm doing called Leadership Spotlight, where I talk about and talk with CEOs, leaders, presidents, business owners, uh, other C-level executives, learning about how they see leadership, how they do leadership, and how leadership is changing as the days go by. So tune in, and thanks for being here on the Troncast with Tron Jordheim. Thanks for listening to the Troncast, the podcast with Tron Jordheim. Hope you're having a good day. I am talking today with Jay Sparks, and he is the entrepreneur coordinator for the City of Columbia, and for Ready, the Regional Economic Development, Inc. And I find the whole process of encouraging and developing entrepreneurs pretty fascinating, and it certainly takes a lot of leadership skill. Uh, Jay, why don't you introduce yourself and, and say a little something about how you got here and, and what are you up to? Um, sure. I... Uh... Would love to. I'm Jay Sparks, like he said, um, and I took a pretty non-conventional route to get to where I am today. <clears throat> I was a bartender for 20 years um, out of college um, with a philosophy degree, which you know I, I heard the headhunters would come running. Uh, if you had I didn't a realize degree. you were a philosopher and a bartender. Well, I mean, I feel like I was working within my major there. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, but I always had a bad habit of turning hobbies into gigs. I, I you know, yeah. I, I, every time I got interested in something, I would find people locally that I enjoyed that I knew could also do do that. And, you know, it ended up becoming a part time thing or, or I would start a competition about it or, you know, um, a film festival or, or something like that or, or get hired in radio because I like to listen to the sports radio. <clears throat> so, you know, it, you know, it was it was infuriating for my wife. Um, every time I got a new hobby, she knew it would end up being a job at some point. Um, but then later I found out that <clears throat> that there was a word for that and it was entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and when I learned that there was a word for that, I learned that there were people who worked at being entrepreneurs or, or guiding other entrepreneurs. Um, and I kind of fell into that that ecosystem as another word, buzzword that, that, that entrepreneurs like to use. Yep. Um, and I fell into that ecosystem and I, I really enjoyed that space and uh, um, was able to uh, procure this job. I was good friends with my predecessor and, and he was the one, in fact, who kind of poked and prodded at me to, uh, to apply for this. And so it was a uh, it was pretty fortuitous and in the middle of a pandemic as at 40, 43 years old to get my first office and first desk and, and, you know, first pants are required kind of job. Right. 
<laughs> right? I mean, you do have Shorts Fridays or something here, don't you, hopefully, at some point? Uh, I'm going to work on the, the powers that be here for, for some Shorts days, but uh, maybe maybe at a certain temperature threshold uh, right. to get some Shorts in. But uh, I'm, not, I'm still the new guy, so I'm not, I'm not pushing my luck. Well, and when we first started kind of working together and getting acquainted was uh, through the game jams and the local game community, because uh, I, I kind of catch the entrepreneur disease on a regular basis. And that's part of why I'm a member here at the Ready Hub, is it's a great way for me to test out new ideas and stay connected to people who are developing and branching out. And... Uh, so I developed uh, a game at one of the game jams with a group of people I met there. And my original thought was to create a sales training game because one of my sort of, you know, core principles is anybody can learn to be a good salespeople, but the training you can find now makes it hard to become a good salesperson. So we created this hilarious game and, and you were a great mentor doing all of that. And, uh, it was fun to see how the entrepreneurship mind worked within the gaming community because uh, in some ways, developing a game is no different than developing a business because you've, you've got some rules, you've got some experiences you're creating, you're bringing in all sorts of other people and you're really building a, an environment, an ecosystem or whatever. And it's the same, many ways, it's the same thing as entrepreneurship. So I, I found that Pretty interesting parallel. Uh, I, yeah, I ended up doing both of those things uh, simultaneously, actually. I, I had a board game design company, um, and so I, I put the entrepreneurship uh, fully, fully into the board gaming side of things um, and uh, produced a couple different games uh, and, and had just great experiences with that, uh, you know, forming an LLC and, and working with some of my closest friends to to produce board games and card games and party games and you know it was it was always there, there was always something fun in the offing there but yet you know you were you were like like you said you you're taking on kind of these big serious business topics by by making it a company by making it a you know a, a, an entity like that so it was uh yeah it was it was quite interesting to to go through that process like you said not only like a business but to actually uh to make a business out of making games yeah, it's pretty fascinating. And so so one of the topics that I find so interesting is leadership because there's so many people that are, are good at leading and some of the same people are even good at following. But um, it, it, it would seem to me that to be able to, to lead a group of innovators and, a, and to encourage and grow entrepreneurship, you've got to have some, some great leadership skills. So I'm, I'm wondering... Which leadership skills you think you're really leaning on now, and and where did those come from? How how did those how did those become J skills? Um, I think the biggest one for me, maybe not the biggest one, but maybe the one I use most often, um, is that I get to play pretend at work, um, and that, that definitely comes from being a generalist. I, I had four majors in four years before settling on philosophy. If that tells you anything, um, and, and so uh, you know. I, I, I love bouncing from new thing to new thing. And this job is, is that in a nutshell. I mean, every day, um, the roster of hub clients that, that I interact with or potential, um, you know, potential, potential business owners, business people, um, you know, it, it's, it's, 
everything. I mean, I, I, I had a I had a girl come in doing equestrian things and, and wanting to start a business in equestrian. I don't know anything. They I think they eat hay. Like that's that's as much as I <laughs> right, know about right. a horse. I don't know that I've ever been on a horse myself personally. And but we can still I can still talk to her because A, I can play pretend. I can talk about what customer interactions look like, what a profit and loss statement looks like, what a pro forma looks like. You know, we can talk about first principles of business and apply them to her business, even if I don't know the particulars. But I get to learn in the process. I, I learn about that as 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 that business grows and, and gets better. You know, I, I get to end up learning about it. And so, um, you know, I think that's being a generalist and, and bringing that to the table with that ability to kind of chameleon into mm. so many different kind of aspects of whatever my the client that's in front of me at the time mm. needs or, or, or the client that I'm focusing on, if it's an email or or doing background work for them. Um, so, so I think there's there's a big part of that. And then the other one is empathy and, and social empathy. Um, right now, we're having a glut of nonprofits come through as, as clients. Interesting. Um, yeah. And. I think a lot of that goes to speaks to the, the pandemic and, and a lot of the cultural issues that are facing our society right now. And people are looking at that. And instead of running and hiding and saying, I want to build as much personal wealth as possible to insulate me from that, they're saying now, instead of Gordon Gecko uh, Wall Street in the 80s, I think now they're looking and saying, how do I reach out to my fellow community members and make things better for them? How do I help my peers? How do I help the disadvantaged communities or dis disadvantaged demographics that are that are around me? Um, so, so it's way more of a we mentality instead of an I mentality. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing that being very prevalent. And I think that somewhere along the way, I got this, um, you know, I, I was blessed with a, a sense of empathy that allowed me to not just sympathize, not just listen to and say, aw, about, mm -hmm. about something that, that seems unfair or, or disadvantaged, but the ability to actually <clears throat> slip those moccasins on and, and take a walk in, you know, in, in, in their shoes right, um, right. To, to really put myself in that position. Because if I, if I don't do that, then it's, it's kind of performative and, and it can be performative in allyship and it can be performative also in the advice I give for the business or the nonprofit. If, if right. I'm not really, if I don't feel the reason that they're invested, mm -hmm. can I really help them in the way that they need to be helped? Right, and I and I, that's interesting. You you make me think of uh, you know so much work you see from people about discovering your why. Right, why do you do things? Really, yeah, sure. We all have bills to pay. Everybody wants to take a vacation and. You know, not sweat it if you go to lunch with somebody, right? So, you know, you got to have a certain amount of money coming in. But why do you do things? And uh, that's really fascinating to see bigger businesses take a step back and say, wait a minute, we sell a whole lot of widgets or we perform a whole lot of service, but why are we really doing that? And then I think, and, and maybe this is my own, you know, bias because as sort of a side note, one of the things I love to study is is bias, certainly in data, because uh, you know part of what I do is to help people figure out their data and make projections and things like that. But my impression is that many, many entrepreneurs are starting something because it's their why driving them, not something else. And so 
that's interesting. And, and I would certainly agree if you don't have empathy for somebody's why, it's going to be very hard to help them figure out a business plan and how to get customers and how to get margins built and things like that. So anyway, that's my rant on that. But I think that's, I think that's fascinating, the why part. Yeah. And if you're, if you're going to take the time, I mean, you can go get a job anywhere. You can fill out an application, do an interview and get a job. No problem. If you're going to take the time and effort to start a business, to brand it, to work in it, to, to, to put effort into it, to sink money into it, and all those things, it might as well be something you like to do right? that, that drives you. Right. Because if it's not, what are you doing? You know, and, and I feel like that that goes to that that storytelling side of things that why um, I work with somebody today, even one of my one of my meetings today was um, talking about a pitch deck or a, a presentation of slides. Um, and and we, we talked a lot about what her pitch deck might look like. Mm-hmm. And we talked about a thread. What's the thread that we're going to weave? Because when you do this, when you do these slides, you want to have. You want your why to show through, but you yeah. also need to connect to the why does your customer need you. <clears throat> and so we're going to we're going to start working through this. And we, we, we boiled down a lot of the things that she'd been talking about and, and found this thread. We found mm-hmm. the weave that, that goes through. Um, and it was really interesting to do that. And, and we're going to start working on her pitch deck with with, so, you know, some 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 graphics and things to, to bring that all full circle. But. You know, it was really interesting to, to get. And, and for her, it was the word help. It was it was she's offering help to her clients, mm-hmm. but her clients are coming to her with a very vulnerable ask for help. Right. And if she's not if she's not, again, like like me being able to empathize with my clients, why to help them with their business, she has to be able to empathize with the vulnerability that they're going to ask for this, make this very vulnerable ask for help to yeah. her. And, and so we, we took the word help and we started weaving the word help through her, her whole business from, mm-hmm. from, from ask to, to results to everything. And, and how, do we, how do we make that be the common thread? Um, and it was, it was great. It, it felt really, really good to, to see that emerge from what she was was you know ha- had already yeah. to to what she was trying to present to her customers. Well, that's pretty fascinating, and uh, I mean I I see what the hub is doing as super valuable because uh, you know how do we get to some new normal after this pandemic? Because you know wh- whatever we thought our facade of normality was was maybe not. Uh, what we what it was or maybe not what we would like in the future and uh, you know small business has been driving the economy for so long how do you how do you re-kickstart that uh, in such a weird odd environment and you know whatever's coming next is gonna be a little stranger again so uh I, and I'm sure, and I'm sure you see that every day. You probably scratch your head about stuff like that all the time. So, what, what, what sort of impressions are you coming up with on that? The the one that uh, something stuck with me during a, a webinar I was on recently, and and I, I'm glad I get a chance to to share it with someone like you, <clears throat> because I think it speaks to this point and and maybe even a broader point. Um, but the idea that and and it's 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 pretty much everywhere. We we talk about small business driving being a driver of the economy. 
But when it really comes down to it, when, when, an, when a big company approaches a city for accommodations, whether mm-hmm. that's tax breaks or infrastructure or real estate or any of those things, <clears throat> when, 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 a, when a big company approaches a, a, a city government, they roll out the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And when an entrepreneur approaches, they roll out the red tape. Right. <laughs> and that quote has yeah. stuck with me. Yeah. And I would really like to see. It doesn't have to reverse. I'm not wishing red tape on big companies by any stretch of the imagination, especially not sitting at ready because we deal with a lot of big companies. Right, I'm not wishing right. red tape on anybody. But boy, would I like to see a little more red carpet from the powers that be mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs, because the the rugged individualism bootstrap mentality that's surrounded entrepreneurship for a long time, I think needs to kind of go by the wayside. Yeah, the entrepreneur is still, you still have to have a spine. You have to have a backbone. You have to have a work ethic because it is hard work. It, it, it's not easy. And, and no one's saying No, it's and it's, you know, frustration well, after frustration. For sure. And a learning, learning experience after learning experience. Yes. I think I would try to phrase it as instead <laughs> of that. But, 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 but in the process of that, wouldn't it be nice if some of the, you know, some of the, the governmental eases that they're able to provide for big businesses, if they could treat small business, maybe even collectively, mm-hmm. as the big business driver that it is, and allow for some of those things to, to trickle down into, into small business, I, I would love to see that. I'd love to see the, the red tape get put away for a while because when you give entrepreneurs free reign, it you know yeah it's kind of like you know maybe going to the flea market that you got to wade through a lot of junk sometimes yeah but but you, you, when you give people the freedom to display their wares, that's when you find the treasures mm-hmm. and, and but but if you make it tough for people, then I, I feel like you just you know it's 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 just you you're you're stymieing this economic driver that could be. And, and I just feel like that's real counterproductive for where we're headed with, with society and culture over the next five to 10 years. Right, and when you look at small businesses or entrepreneurial efforts that actually bloom into profitable, larger or medium-sized enterprises that actually can create some generational wealth for the shareholders, stakeholders, the boards, the people, you know, things that really grow. And you look back at what made them successful. um, It is not, you know, hard work and perseverance. Yes, you have to have hard work and perseverance. But for someone to say it takes hard work and perseverance to succeed, they're missing at least a dozen other items that all have to work and all have to happen. Aside from being pretty dang lucky a few times to catch a few breaks. So, you know, and I think that that myth of, well, just work hard and make more connections and you'll be fine has probably killed a lot of small businesses. So, you know, we have to we have to get away from that myth. And it's yeah, it's glorified the the overworking myth. I mean, you know, working 80s and 80 and 90 hours a week is not not the badge of honor that you need. I mean, you, it's you know, suicidal. It, it, it certainly can be. I mean, listen, we, we, but you know, let's be fair. We, we got the, you know, we got the pilgrims 
boat. We, we, you know, we didn't get the Italian boat or the French boat. If, if, if the French, Spanish or Italian boat had landed in the U.S. first, we'd all be taking siestas in the middle of the afternoon and, and, and hanging out, <laughs> sipping, sipping espressos and lattes as part of our, our, our cultural identity. But we got the, uh, the fundamentalist pilgrim boat first. And, and so therefore we are, we are the hardworking, um, you know, uh, that's, that's the, the kind of nature that we, we, we admire and put up on the pedestal. And, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to see that work smarter, not harder. And and, you know, the the ability for these things to, to come to fruition in a way that doesn't put people at a disadvantage. Um, you know, it, it, and, and it's possible. It's out there. The, the, the ability is there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes an awful lot of people working in concert. And to get back to the kind of point, <clears throat> it takes an awful lot of leaders with vision to orchestrate that move that right. to get that move going in the right direction um it does take people with leadership and vision um i've been put in a position where I've, i'm being told that that's me that's and, you <laughs> and so i'm i'm working hard not mm-hmm. not 80 90 hours a week um, but but i'm trying to work smarter yeah to uh to live up to that well and that and i think the interesting thing too about leadership for uh smaller businesses is to is to really figure out what you should not be worrying about today. You know, on any given day, you've got way more than you can handle as a as a singlepreneur or a small entrepreneurship project. And uh, someone's got to decide what you're going to put off till tomorrow or what you're just going to say no to. And that that's not always easy to do. And 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 I think that's where you know, people working as a group in the hub together can share some experiences about that. But that uh, that's a challenge of leadership, I think. Yeah. And, and, and there's lots of different I mean, as, as you've explored, I'm sure in this space, there, there's lots of forms of leadership, you know, and coaching and mentorship is definitely one form of leadership. Um, and, and that's something that I think we here at the hub really have in spades, you know, is is the ability to get small businesses associated with someone who can really provide that role, yeah. that coaching or mentorship role. Um, and it's it's interesting to me as, as someone who's often in that role as a coach or a mentor, you know, when, and it's, for me, it's always, it's the marketing companies who don't know how to market themselves. Right. That when <laughs> I have to try and give the marketing consultants marketing advice, as someone who never took a marketing class in college, I was too busy taking, you know, creative writing and philosophy classes. Um, you know, as someone who who who's put in that situation, I, I'm all I feel like a bull in a china shop. Yep, um, that's right. To uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm just a pretender giving marketing advice to a marketing professional about their own marketing company, but yet every time it seems like I get done and they go huh, that's really interesting. I never really thought of that before. And, and right. I'm, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to take that and, and use that. Every time that bl- the back of my mind, just the back of my head just falls off. Because right. I, just, <laughs> I can't even imagine how I have anything to, to coach or mentor a marketing consultant in marketing on. And yet it seems like every time we, 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 we tread that same avenue. And so yeah. I, I love the idea of getting into that coaching and mentorship um, and, and again, that generalist attitude where, mm-hmm. okay, what, what do you want to, what are we talking about today? Okay, let's talk about this because, you know, this is obviously important to your business. 
I might not have any formal training in it, but we can talk about it. We can relate it again to first principles. We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, and and the, the, the end result is a steadying of the rudder, a direction, a point, in, a goal, yeah. a, a point in space that they're headed towards. Yeah. And, and if they come away from that with a positive attitude, then... I feel like you know the the leadership is has been well well received. Well, and you and you can't surface good ideas without talking around the issue and talking about the issue and you know uh, setting the stage for good ideas to percolate up. Uh, and as you pointed out, you know you get so close to your business sometimes you can't see what you're doing. You know where you're so deep into it, you're not you know you're not even sure what you're doing anymore sometimes and. And yes, sometimes the shoemaker has some pretty gnarly looking soles on his shoes because, you know, <laughs> he's busy making everybody else's shoes look good. Yeah. So, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Being, I remember being asked uh, in the throes of the board game company, being asked, you know, oh, what do you play? You know, what, what do you like to play? <laughs> we were at Gen Con in Indy, you know, and 200,000 people coming through in four days, you know, 200,000 turnstile turns. Um, and, and people would ask, well, what do you play? And uh -huh. I'd be like, play? Play? Who's we're, got time for play? We're making games. <laughs> we don't have time to play games. Um, and, and that's a bit of an exaggeration. But, right. But, you know, it's, it's the same thing. That's you know? a little it's, historical fiction there. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, re rewriting a little bit of history. But uh, <clears throat> we're, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think that, you know, there, there, is, there is any number of elements um, out there that, that you, you, you take those things um, and, and you, you, you have to, like you said, talk, you, you talk around it, but at some point you've got to put the needle. remember the science experiment where you put the scotch tape on the balloon yeah. and you could put the needle through the balloon. Uh -huh. the, the talking around is putting the scotch tape on. You're putting the scotch tape on the <laughs> balloon while you're talking around it. But at some point you got to decide, okay, I'm going to pick up this big, I, I, this big I'm putting the pin needle, in. Yeah. And I'm going to run this big knitting needle through this balloon. And I really hope it doesn't pop. But <clears throat> needless to say, every time, just like you in class, in, in, in an elementary school science class, the balloon didn't pop. And, yeah. and so you could have these conversations where you cut into the incisive heart of the matter to what's really happening with a business. Mm -hmm. And the balloon doesn't pop. And it feels like it's going to pop every time. But but then you, and then you step away from it and you go, we really made some progress here. Yeah. Um, and, and they come away from it, hopefully saying the same thing. Yeah, it's pretty it's a it's a fascinating process. Really, it is. And uh, I, I have a lot of fun. Well, I had more fun before covid because, you know, we were together more in the in the hub. You'd get a chance to rub elbows with people more. But I'm sure that's coming back again. Uh, but that's a great way to see the challenges that other people are going through. The, you know, you sit down and have sort of an impromptu discussion about nothing, and that turns into an interesting idea exchange about something valuable. So those, those things make a community of entrepreneurs really important for people. And so I certainly appreciate having that available. And, and the, the metaphor mm -hmm. there is that I that I like to share with my clients is that you know. In aerospace, to get something to escape velocity, you want as few collisions as possible. It needs to be kind of sleek, needs to be kind of aerodynamic. You can't have a lot of things sticking off of it because you're gonna collide with a lot of air particles and, and dust and things and all those things. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but for a, for a rocket scientist, that slows down the rocket. But in entrepreneurship, the more collisions you have, <clears throat> the more likely 
you're going to reach escape velocity. And by escape velocity, I mean that hockey stick, that, that point in right. your, your P&L statement where, where you hockey stick upwards and, and things start kind of, you know, exponentially growing or, you know, in, instead of geometric, you know, instead of logarithmically growing. Um, so, you know, like, I, but, but it's, it's very true that when, when the marketing consultant I talked about earlier, when, if I put him in a connection or he gets a connection where he meets another marketing consultant, they have an interesting conversation. Sure. But when the marketing consultant meets the data scientist and the data scientist meets the financial advisor and the financial advisor meets the commercial cleaner and the commercial cleaner meets the, the lawyer, that, that's when you get those ideas that yeah. transcend and move out of and, and really, you know, it, it might not be a business connection or a client to business connection, but you really get that new idea that, that yeah. new thing. And again, I'm going to cycle it back one more time. I'm a generalist. I want all of the different genres, all of the different, you know, things represented, the business aspects represented, because that's where you get more of those random collisions. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so I guess uh, to, to wrap it up, I would say what we ought to go do is go find some random collisions and Yes, do it from six feet apart with your mask on for a while, but find some random collisions and see what kind of interesting things you can talk to people about. I, I, I'm fully engaged in that. And I think, I think a lot of times, you know, a podcast like this is a great way to, to get exposed to something like that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there needs to be a dialogue. And, and podcasts are one way. Um, for, for all the good things about podcasts, they are one way. It's us talking to you in your ears. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't get a chance to add back. And, and that's the nature of those collisions. It's so positive. So so make sure you get out there, pass the podcast, um, reach out to people, whether it's in email or phone or, or in person, if it's possible. Um, and, uh, and yeah, get, engage in dialogue because that's where those connections happen. Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. So how, how do people find you, Jay, if they uh, want to get in touch with you? You can reach me at jay.sparks, S-P as in Paul, A-R-K-S, j.sparks at como.gov, C-O-M-O.gov. Definitely email me there anytime. I am, a, I am a yoked to my, my inbox pretty much uh, all day. Um, and then uh, you can find me on lots of different social media sites. Uh, you'll you'll hate my Twitter, but you can find me at SparksJ, S-P-A-R-K-S-J-A-Y on Twitter. You'll hate it, I promise. Um, and uh, I think it's it's SparksJ most places. Uh, I'm on Excellent. Medium blogging as SparksJ. Um, so yeah, you, you can find me around. But uh, but I'm I'm always I'm always there, and I'm willing to talk about entrepreneurship and. And, and business and leadership pretty much any time. Fantastic. And thanks board, so and much. And board games. And board games, of course. All right. Thanks for listening to the Troncast, the uh, podcast with Tron Jordheim. And uh, hopefully I'll catch you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Troncast with me, Tron Jordheim. I sure appreciate it. I'm glad you were able to hang around and listen to some of my thoughts, some of my interviews, uh, some of the things I'm talking about today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. See ya.